Every day, consumers are being bombarded with the next big thing in health, wellness, and fitness. What's the future of keeping ourselves healthy, and what's just a passing fad? Hi, I'm Joey Thurman, and if you don't know me, I'm a health and fitness expert and author. I've been fortunate enough to work with celebrities, athletes, C-suite executives, and everyone in between. I've been featured on the Today Show, Live with Kelly and Ryan, Good Morning America, TEDx, and lots of other publications. As part of my ever-increasing thirst for knowledge, which ironically happened after college, I decided to create the Fatter Future podcast. What sets this podcast apart is that I am the guinea pig for these episodes. I don't only want to bring in world-class experts on the show, I want to truly get a first hand experience what it's like to say go on ketamine and trip for my depression go on a three-day fast drinking nothing but coffee and water for age reversal eat nothing but plants and get the blood work done to back it up or even get my brain mapped to see how messed up my head is from getting knocked around playing hockey once i try these things i bring on the experts to talk about my experience and explain it to the audience in a digestible manner and ask the true question is it a fad or is it the future because after all we don't want to be fatties. On this episode of the Fat or Future podcast, an ovo vegan bodybuilder. That sounds strange, right? Can we build muscle eating plants? Does he just eat plants? Today I have Gabe Snow, celebrity personal trainer at Performance House. He's been all over. He does lots of volunteering and lots of work with veterans. He's an all-around good guy, but he tells you what an ovo-vegan is. And is it possible to add muscle tissues from just eating plants? I mean, we need protein, right? Where does the dude get his protein? Stay here for this episode of the Fat or Future podcast. Hello, hello, hello. What's going on? It's Joey Thurman. It's another episode of the Fat or Future podcast. Now, I don't have Jon Snow here. I, he's, he's laughing. I tell you, he's, he's got a better body than Jon Snow. If you're, not, if you're not a Game of Thrones fan, I tell you what, I got Gabe Snow here. Gabe How Snow, you doing? Uh, he, man, look at that. He's, he's, he's got no sleeves on right now. <laughs> He's making me feel quite self-conscious about myself. He did great today. <laughs> I'm we pumped all, it up. We, 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 we got a little workout in. Now, Gabe, you know, the self-proclaimed, I'm not going to say this, so I don't, well, I'm going to say it, but you said this, self-proclaimed former fat kid Yes. to arguably, well, if you, uh, if you talk to Matt Hesse, who uh, I've had on this podcast before, the CEO of Performance House, one of the best training gyms in the world, right? Would you go with that? The gym itself, yes, one of the best training gyms in the world. One of the best training gyms I'm in the world. I'm very lucky to be one of the trainers that works within that space. I'll tell you what. I mean, if you, if you see this guy walking down the street, you probably have flashbacks to thinking that maybe he was your bully in high school. But uh, he, <laughs> quite he, he was actually the quite opposite. Uh, so, man, you, you've had quite the ride, and we've, we've talked about this, um, doing a little bit of a pre-interview, but you just got done doing bodybuilding show. But what's interesting about what you did? Oh, I did it vegan. Ve- vegan. So you no meat whatsoever. You um, eat sorry. a bunch of plants. Yes. Well, the term that we wanted to steer away from, that I like to steer away from just from questions and stigma, is ovo-vegan. Ovo? Mm. Oh, what is That's a thing? Did you just, make that, you just make that up? <laughs> it's actually like Google it. Google it. <laughs> it's, it's up there. Okay. So it's it's vegan, full vegan, okay. um, no animal product, byproduct, whatever, but um, except for eggs. And for me, it was just mainly egg whites. Egg whites. Solely because of the fact I just couldn't keep downing vegan protein shakes and lentils and chickpeas for breakfast didn't really go so well. Right. So what place did you get? Second 
in um, four different divisions. In four different divisions. Yes, sir. Okay, so you're an underachiever. Yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> why we got the next show lined up. <laughs> All right, so, so you qualify for nationals, right? Correct. Uh, congratulations, first off. And Thank you. There's, there's, there's a lot of stigmas with, you know, vegan or plant-based. I mean, what would you say the difference is between vegan and plant-based? Um, like we spoke about earlier, especially with people with plant-based don't really reveal how plant-based they actually are. Right. Um, I mean, when you go full vegan, that means, you know, like you can't cook with butter, you know, there's so many things like, especially with like the vegans who are vegan for like moral and <clears throat> ethical reasons. So you can't really like, you know, even eat things that have come in contact with anything that has to do with an animal really. Right. Um, so the, I didn't really take it that severe. Um, so, I mean, I would really just mainly say that, you know, it's flesh or not. Okay. You know, it was once breathing or it wasn't. Well, okay. Like an egg didn't really have a heartbeat. So, um, for those ethical vegans out there, I hope that's As far offending. as I know, I don't think an egg. <laughs> yeah, I'm not offending too many people. <laughs> I didn't, you know, take a life with, with the egg. But, okay. um, yeah, so mainly just, you know, eating animal pr- proteins or not. All right. Now, you, you actually do, you, I mean, lots of trainers just kind of um, are – pun intended, meatheads. <laughs> you are not a meathead. Uh, you actually have a degree in neuroscience and psychology? Uh, yeah, psychology with an emphasis on neuroscience. So. Wow, so you're not just pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, unless you just went to like some dumb school. I, I mean, it was a state school. <laughs> I, I definitely don't have very much school pride. but I, um, I graduated from a state school too, so okay. it's, it's, it's all right. We're, all right, we're, we're peers. Both, we're both a bunch of dummies. Okay. <laughs> uh, so tell me why... Ogo, ovo, ovo, ovo. Why, why ovo vegan? Why, why'd you do that? It was, it was it health reasons? I mean, we got a, a little bit into you, you had a scare a few years back. So yeah, I originally went, and again, I always like was telling people plant based, like solely for the fact to avoid the conversation of and that sometimes turns into an argument of being a vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I'd been dairy free for years, um, mainly being an asthmatic, like we talked about earlier, you know, asthma creates inflammation, creates phlegm. So being an athlete my whole life as well, I just, you know, really needed to make sure that my breathing was always optimal. Right. So being non-dairy always helped with that. So when I had cut out meat, there really wasn't much left to cut out. I also have a ton of food allergies. I'm allergic to shellfish and all nuts, which also makes the vegan thing even harder because so many vegans rely on like nut sources for fats and protein, which I couldn't do. So that made it even more tricky. Um, but yeah, going, going from being one of the most carnivorous humans that I've ever met. I did eat a 75 ounce tomahawk steak for my birthday. Did you get a t-shirt? I should have. You should have got a (laughs) t-shirt. But I got a nice receipt, (laughs) nice bill. Um, But uh, yeah, so I've always been a massive meat eater. My dad's face is painted on the wall at the Palm in Philadelphia, like grew up on red meat. Okay. Um, So always huge, you know, big, big carnivore. so I had uh, woken up, it was probably like eight months ago, with my first interaction with gout. Ugh. Yes. Now, being 28 and having gout is not something that you hear commonly. Right. Um, that feeling, that pain, which if anybody's had knows, is it's, it's horrendous. It feels like there's an anvil, usually on your big toes, where gout is usually people first feel it. Um, I never felt a pain like that. And I've been through some shit where I felt, you know, a, a fair amount of agonizing pain before. And this was something that I, as soon as I knew it was gone, I was going to do everything I could to make sure it never returned. Right. Um, 
didn't want to go pharmaceutical route, prescription route in terms of, you know, rebooting my kidneys or, you know, relying on a pill to help me out. So you're saying you can fix things with nutrition? Can you believe it? Can you pick up on these sarcasm in <laughs> my ex- voice right now? Explosion. Mind exploding. All right, cool. You so- ate something and it made you <laughs> sick and then you stopped eating it and, and then you weren't sick afterwards? There's nutrients <laughs> in food, people. All right, so you, you, you woke up with a nasty toe. Yes. Uh, um, you know, so what did your research tell you? Um, so basically... Uh, you know, I had to go through the things that see the things that that give you gout. That create what causes gout is puric acid in within the blood that then crystallizes, and either you know it can go filter into your uh, bladder and you get a nice kidney stone later. Well, kidneys and then through your bladder, it tries to make its way into your bladder, um, or it crystallizes within the joint and or a place that you have predisposed arthritis. And it basically just, like, tries to form bone. Like, the crystallized puric acid just, like, wants to create bone in, in between the joint, which is agonizing. So I'm looking at the list. Went to CityMD to, like, find out, you know, just exactly what was going on to get my blood pulled. And, um, you know, they go through, do you eat lots of red meat? Do you eat lots of fish? Do you eat lots of uh, organ meats? Uh, do you drink? What's your sugar intake? And now, you know, like we stated early, fat to fit. My nutrition, as far as I knew, was, you know, immaculate. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't, like we spoke about earlier, I barely even eat fruit just because of the sugar because my body doesn't respond to sugar very well. Okay. So I, you know, always thought my nutrition was in check. But protein content, always high, mainly because, uh, like, always tra- was always strength training in some sorts. And I don't think until this year I would taken off, you know, a, a, a week from strength training. So to me, protein was always very vital. Right, and that's, that's something people talk about all the time. So, yeah, I mean, you have excess amounts of protein, but wait a minute, I'm working out a ton, so my body should be utilizing that protein. But for you, something else was happening. Right, and then that's like, you know, where I had to really, like, it wasn't, it couldn't have been just the, you know, the animal meat that I was eating. What else was in there? Alcohol. Wasn't really drinking. Um, for the first time in my life, I was starting to drink, though, like, casually. Mm-hmm. Um, so the alcohol, not enough to cause an issue. Um then we go down and it's sugar. So, you know, gout was actually called the disease of kings, like back in the medieval ages, because the only people who got gout were people who were overindulgent, eating tons of meat, drinking tons of beer. So it's like a right of passage, like check out my gout. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's, like my bl- it's like my Amex black card. It's like, oh, you got a black card? Yo, I got gout. Yeah, great. You spent a lot of money and you ate a lot of sugar. Gout it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so then I'm like, no, not a chance. It's not the sugar. I don't eat sugar at all. And then I start, you know, diving into my own kind of, you know, back pocket of knowledge on artificial sweeteners. Now, that's something that I definitely, since I was over, since I lost the initial 70 pounds, have been abusing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, literally was carrying around a box of Splenda in my backpack, like black coffee and Splenda multiple times a day, protein powders, which, as we know, has tons of artificial sweeteners in it, those twice a day. Um, tons of, you know, z- anything that had zero sugar on it, it was in my fridge. Mm. Um, so then I started doing research, you know, trying to find like long-term, you know, damage done from artificial sweeteners, which like just doesn't exist. Like we just don't know what this shit does to our body. Yet. Right. I did find some like studies on the fact that it does strain the kidneys because of the fact that it, it just doesn't filter out. It just kind of sticks around. Right. Cause um, your, your body is not a processor, right? Exactly. So just cause it has zero on there. I mean, you're, you're not getting the satiety of the calories as well. Right. So uh, that's a, that's a common misconception that people have. Yeah, it's still, and still like, you know, in terms 
terms of like you know satiating the brain it still lights up your pleasure receptors so like you're still going to want and crave that just as much as you do normal sugar but yes you're just not getting that calorie count which is all i cared about like i was that guy i was like oh i'm not here for a long time i'm here for a good time and i'm gonna try to look good because i spent the first 24 years of my life not looking the way i wanted to look Uh you know very vain sounding but you know we all get one body and you know do you want to drive around in a honda civic or do you want to drive around in a ferrari i want to drive around in a ferrari i want to look the way i want to look you know i'll take a tesla because i'm more (laughs) conscious about the environment you asshole (laughs) you are plant-based then aren't you Um, he's not an asshole he's a nice guy so i i started diving into this whole artificial sweetener thing alongside the protein or protein thing and going vegetarian plant-based and uh so i knock off all the artificial sweeteners even the the you know i was at a city md so i wasn't dealing you know with not saying the city md is not legitimate <laughs> you know healthcare, right, but right. i wasn't dealing you know with like a dietitian or somebody who knows sure. the direct effects of you weren't at the mayo clinic correct okay, okay. so um you know going off of my own wealth of knowledge and research as much as i can gather on the artificial sweetener part alongside the animal protein part and what i had just come up with was dropping artificial sweeteners going plant-based eliminating that strain that you know, as we all know, that meat causes just because of the fact that, like, to digest a piece of meat compared to digesting a plant, that's like, it's, you know, it's like plastic to, you know, honey. Like, one's going to be smooth, one's not. Right. So, you know, I immediately switched, um, like, I literally cold turkey, like, the next day. I just, I cut it all out, went full plant-based, basically vegan because of the fact that I was already dairy-free. Maybe two or three days had passed. And the benefits, like, started just accruing. Like, joints felt better. Yeah. I told you I had poor sleep quality then. Immediately started sleeping better, waking up feeling more rested. Um, energy throughout the day. Wasn't having to take naps between sessions. Wasn't, you know, getting groggy after meals. It was it was immediate, almost immediate how I felt, how much better I felt. And, and, and just undeniable because of... Because of the diet, because how of how much do you think if you were to go the typical American route where you just popped a pill, how long do you think it would take for you to feel better if you didn't change anything else? Oh man. Well, I mean, I guess that's the thing too, is it's so many of us don't even know what feeling better is. Right. You know, yes, you can mask the symptoms. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten gout. I still would have probably felt the same way, which I didn't know was feeling shitty until sure. I felt good, especially as like an ex athlete. Like, you think you're supposed to like live in this realm of pain right. because that's what it takes to like get better right. or like that's what it takes to be you know no pain no gain like right. all that bullshit. So I didn't really know how good I actually could ever feel mm-hmm. until I until that moment right. until like two or three days after the of following the of following a plant based diet. So a couple of days your inflammation went down tremendously. So I mean it makes sense you, you got rid of all the you know, the sugar slash non sugar whatever the hell mm-hmm. you want to call it. Uh, and anything that was going to cause any sort of inflammation in your toe and that gout. <laughs> Two days. That, that's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was like week one. Was in, it was incredible. I mean, I also, like I said, don't want to leave it. Like, I did start doing IV treatment mm-hmm. for proper hydration. I, start, I started doing supplemental, uh, like, mus- like, injections of, uh, like, CoQ10, mm-hmm. um, like a, a vitamin B complex. Um, and with that, the IV, the diet, um, dropping the artificial sweeteners week one was like night and day right um like i said like you know i could have been taking a pill for a long time and just never sacrificed and you know quote unquote sacrifice because i'm never going to go back but but in my eyes at the time i have to sacrifice my favorite foods because they still are 
red meat, like right. a filet mignon is still like going to make my mouth water. Right. But tomahawk steak. Yeah. If we're going big, uh-huh. um, is that still going to, you know, be what, what I'm going to crave, but you know, just knowing what happens going back and feeling the way I felt for 20 some odd years, it's just not worth it. Yeah, for sure. So you, you mentioned that you needed to supplement and, uh, Obviously, everybody needs to hydrate more. But if if you're not getting proper hydration, that makes sense that you were taking an IV and B12 supplementation. So that's the knock on people going vegan, right? Yeah. So yeah, B12 is coming from animal sources. So what else did you have to supplement besides you know B12? What I mean, some people talk about the <clears throat> dangers of going vegan. What what do you think some of those dangers could be? Um, I mean, a lot of people get in like the B12 is like probably the biggest that you hear about. The thing is, is vegan or not, you have to supplement B12. Mm-hmm. Like there's even if you are eating animal product, you're still not getting a sufficient amount. So you pop your B12, your vegans and your meat eaters because none of us are getting enough. Um, everybody gets into the iron thing with the vegans. Um, I, I just am, I've always taken a multivitamin. Yeah. So I've never been, as far as I know, deficient in in any of the micro or uh, like macronutrients or well, no micronutrients. Right. Um, just because I've always supplemented it anyway. Um, I mean, ultimately people also want to, you know, they get so crazy about the protein intake that it's not high enough. And then I just think that that's the general misconception that everybody needs the one gram per pound of body weight, but like, it's not body weight, it's lean body mass. Like you're not, we're not made up. I'm not 200 pounds of pure muscle. Do I, wish I mean, I am, I'm, I'm 205 straight muscle, no fat 1% body fat. Yeah. yeah. But then the other fact that we're like eight, we're made of 80% water. Right. So like, you're not, you know, just that's a 200 pounds of skeletal muscle is somebody who's like, you know, 300, 400 right. pounds, like, you know, a, a, an Olympian maybe. Right. So, uh, I mean, that's the thing. People are like, where do you, where do you get your protein from? Right. So right. Let, let, let's. Let's tackle the elephant in the room. <laughs> we're aware. Uh, obviously, you. I mean, you need protein for you know uh, muscle repair and tissue healing and right. all that, all that sort of stuff. But it also depends on your macronutrient ratio, right? So like you have higher amounts of carbohydrates. You being vegan, you're probably going to be higher amounts of carbohydrates. And as one thing goes up, the other something generally should go down or higher fats. Like if you're a keto, you're having higher fats. You're having less protein and barely any carbs whatsoever. Right. So. Where do you let's go, let's go straight to the question? Where do you get your protein from, and what were your when when you are in your bodybuilding show and you're going ovo vegan <laughs> ovo vegan ovo vegan? Uh, I can't keep I can't stop saying that vegan with uh, eggs. Yeah, there you go. Vegan uh, with a side uh, of vegan, eggs. vegan with some egg whites. Now, wh- what does your day look like? Where where are you getting that protein <clears throat> from? What what are your macros looking like? Are you eating six times a day? Eating seven times a day? Eating twice a day? Um, give me a day in the life because I I worked out with Gabe. This is the second time. I worked out with you today, and we we did a little chesticle workout. Yeah. So that you know, it's that, totally different from the first time. We totally, did. and and the first time was more of like a band, full functional, functional mobility workout. Um, you know, so completely different workout. We did a we did a meathead workout. <laughs> I, keep, I keep saying meat. I don't know. There veg, was we did a veg head workout. Yeah, today. yeah, we did. We did a veg head <laughs> workout today, uh, and I, I got a mainly mainly plant based meal afterwards. Yes. So where do you get your protein from? What what do macros look like? What what is a what did a day in the life of Mr. Snow look like? As the bodybuilder or or as the let's, thirteen hour day personal trainer. Let, let's go let's let's skim over the personal trainer, but okay. I, I think people are interested in like I mean obviously you don't hear often about a vegan bodybuilder. I mean yeah. and if they're huge, generally they're probably juiced up like crazy. Right. Which you can't really compare 
you know somebody that's you know full on natural. Right. Well, and then that's that. I mean, that's a, the obviously like the the biggest thing in the sport of bodybuilding <clears throat> that people usually assume. But and just you know, people assume just as equally with vegans that we don't eat enough protein. Sure. Um, so. I will preface like that going into the show, I was like, I was doing intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so my protein take was little to nothing. So my, basically my body was set up to grow for this. this it was only a six week prep, which is little to nothing. Right, for a body not um, so my body was, was, was set up and primed and ready. <laughs> like I wasn't lifting weights. I was only, I was cycling. I was riding my bike like 20 to up to 30 miles a day. Um, so like hadn't had like any hypotrophy workouts, hadn't had any strength training, hadn't, you know, really torn fascia in like a long time. And again, was not, was barely eating any protein. So my body was, you know, really yearning for it. Um, that was something I struggled with in the beginning was like, where are my sources going to come from other than just like banging down protein cheeks? Well, you you said your coach, who's a professional bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, he, you guys kind of had a little little tip, tip when you yeah. said you wanted you wanted to not eat any meat because you said he's a, he's a meat and potatoes guy. Right? Yes, he's yeah, as most bodybuilders are. Right, because that's what's something I will will touch on when we if any, you know we touch on uh, how to do bodybuilding yeah, as a sure. Um So yeah, when I Trove was going through you know list of coaches that I wanted to work with, I wanted to learn from the best, and I really wanted to basically just immerse myself to kind of you know gain education in this because it is a sport. Right. Um, and truly do it the right way in terms of, you know, as, as right as you can. When we came up with the, with the meal plan originally, it was, it was really just as any bodybuilding meal plan and macros look like, which is just like obnoxiously high protein and moderate to high carb, which is going to taper to little to none with, you know, low fat, but then, you know, aiming towards fats towards the end of the day so that, you know, your blood sugar stay a little bit more level, satiety level stays a little bit higher throughout the night. And so your blood sugar doesn't drop, you know, when you drop the carbs later in the day. I think so, one thing people don't realize, vegan or meat eater, bodybuilding is incredibly, incredibly scientific. Not, yeah. It's like I've been referencing myself as like a science project it's, for it, the last yeah. eight weeks now because I'm post-show. If you want to get in tune with your body, and I've done three fitness modeling shows and my coach was Mr. Australia 2002. I mean, the last week I was eating meat. And I told you this before, I was eating tilapia and, and asparagus, nothing for the last week, no carbs, no seasoning that had any sodium oil, uh, in a bathtub the day before with three, four containers of baking soda dumped in there. So there's more, there, so, yeah, so there's more sodium uh, and the water is pulling from my skin and I'm just eating this dry tilapia and asparagus. And my brain was absolute mush because I had no carbohydrates. My brain was, I didn't have any source whatsoever. Right. I looked the best I did in my life, but I felt the absolute fucking worst. So a lot of people that are on the stage and they're pumped up and they got this fake orange tan on, they actually feel like shit because then I'm eating marshmallows beforehand so that glycogen can go straight to my muscle tissue and pumping up. I felt like shit. How did you feel? Amazing. That's crazy. Show day was amazing. I had felt awesome. Um, That And then... So, yeah, I mean, the entire process, that entire week, the hardest part was the water loading and uh-huh. cutting. Uh, the, the entire prep, like, the food part, like, the, in terms of, like, hunger and, sati- like, like, my satiety levels, right. I felt great. Um, another reason mentally, you know, because a lot of bodybuilding is mindset, was when, you know, the fact that, like, my cravings originally are, were set towards meat being as my favorite, you know, 
dish as a steak. Right. Well, when your steak is not, yeah, it's not on the menu, it's not in the meal plan, but it's also going to probably keep me in the bathroom for two days. Right. It's not really that alluring. Right. So it was really easy to stay away from like my favorite cheap foods yeah. uh, during the entire prep. But um, in terms of like the week of the show and 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 stage, or sorry, show day, um, yeah, I felt I felt phenomenal. Um, I honestly think that because this is something huge and reflects what how it was possible for me to feel so good. I passed <laughs> five vows. <laughs> I would, I took five shits That's on show nice. on show day. I I tell you when I when I did my shows. I was literally spray tanned up, and first thing, if, if you if you got if you ever want to see pure entertainment, go to a bodybuilding show or a fitness modeling show, <laughs> and go to the bathroom beforehand. You look at all those toilets; there's just orange butt marks. It's like an oompa loompa all, yeah. all over. The, I tried to drop a bomb, and I couldn't. I had that's no, amazing though that you even could. Most people. I, I was just can't. trying to. I was trying to push and push and push, yeah. and I think I got like a pellet. Or so out, yeah. and, and, and I was like, and my, and my coach was like, "Mate, go try to take a shit." Oh no, it was a horrible accent, Marcus. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, I got, man, it was just like orange toilet after orange toilet, and yeah. like we're they're all trying to get it out, and and you, on the other hand, you felt five times, amazing. like five like healthy bowel movements, and like my coach was like, "I don't even know what to say," because now I'd done a bodybuilding show about four years ago. I did a men's physique show. Uh-huh. I didn't go. I didn't pass. I didn't go to the bathroom for five days. And I almost went to the hospital. My, again, I told you my mom's like a nurse, and I yeah. told her, and she was like, "What did you think was going to happen? Like you were so depleted, right? And now that was on a you know carnivorous diet. I was literally eating more meat than I've ever eaten in my life. Right. So low carb, so low fat, like very little energy sources, just basically a, a protein starvation diet is what I was doing. Yeah. And it just destroyed my metabolism, destroyed my digestive system, and then this time around, like five times, I went to the bathroom and took five healthy you know dumps on show day. My coach is like, I put his hands up. He's like, I don't understand it. So it just really showed me also that like internally that bodybuilding and doing it plant-based, doing it vegan, vegetarian, whatever we want to call it, clearly the body is responding in a much better way. Yes, I put my body through a lot of strain, especially with like the dehydration process, which also is supposed to not make you be able to take a shit because right. you still need hydration and water within your colon to to go to the bathroom. Right, you're having fiber. You need to you need to hydrate that right. to, to push it out. So, and that was the thing was I st- like yeah, I, you know I did like the dirty bulk in the beginning. Like I did pancakes um, like first thing in the morning, and then for the rest of the day my regular meals, which we will get into because you know everybody wants to know the vegan body but yeah. protein. Well, so, hey, well, let's back up. So talk about that dirty bulk. <laughs> One thing that people don't realize like you're completely dehydrated during yeah. a bodybuilding show. And we were talking when we were working out, and I had, you know, after my tilapia asparagus bath, I ordered a pizza the night before, a meat lover's pizza. And when you have no water and you're trying to chew something like that, <laughs> and, like, it just... Cement. Uh, it was absolutely horrible. I thought it was going to be the most amazing thing. Yeah. So you had pancakes the night before, and you had pancakes... Breakfast. Right? So, we'll like, breakfast. five in the morning. Okay. And, and wh- why did you have the pancakes? What's, what's the premise behind that? So, so the glycogen load, right? So, you know, you're still... You, you carb deplete for if, if we're 10 days out from the show, you carb deplete about five, six days before that. Mm-hmm. And then you slowly introduce carbs again and start pulling water. So the carbs will soak up the water, pull out the water that you have subcutaneously within between the skin and the muscle, start making you look tighter, tighter. But really still, you know, wholesome carbs. So rice, potatoes, nothing crazy, nothing, no sugars right. as always. So the thing is, is on show day, you want your muscles as you know close to spilling over and glycogen as possible mm-hmm. now when you do if you deplete appropriately if you carb deplete appropriately you can't really spill over on show day right 
So, if so, we wanna... so spillover. If you're ta- if you're taking a just, just put a little analogy behind it. He's talking about spillover. If you take a balloon and you blow air into it and you fill that up, think think about it as, as your muscle cell, and that can get so big and so big when you spill over that pops. Or if it was filled with water, then then overflow. that that will overflow and essentially you're not having uh, as much definition on on your admin. So that that is the risk and the scientific part yes. of this for you. You were just full and you didn't get any of that. Right. Uh, yeah. So and we depleted very well. Um, and yeah, so we, it started the morning, morning with pancakes, five uh, those nice little to-go containers of maple syrup. Okay, that was great. Um, four ounces of black coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was like supposed to be eight, but like I like lost track of how much pancake I was eating. I was like, oh shit, I may have drank yeah. too much. I'm that that might be where the bowel movement came from. The coffee. Four ounces of coffee. Well, I mean, five bowel movements. I don't know, <laughs> but um, so it was it was the pancakes. Um, after the pancakes, I had a Beyond Meat meal. So my my main protein source throughout this prep is, thank God, for Beyond Meat. Hopefully someone from Beyond Meat gives us a listen. Um, hey, Beyond Meat, send, send Gabe <laughs> some food. It was, uh, it was five ounces of Beyond Meat, um, half a cup of lentils, and five ounces of sweet potato. Wow. Um, which is something that is, in essence – like a replication of all the meals, majority of the meals I was eating for the six weeks. Just obviously, uh, the the portions change. So you you have you have a lot of Beyond Meat and a, and a lot of lot of lentils, lentils and chickpeas. I would cycle through, um, but so normal meal. So big pancake meal, normal meal. Right. Get to the show. Um, blueberry muffin from Dunkin' Donuts. Oh hey hey, which it's, technically yeah. is not vegan. Uh oh. <laughs> But listen, that was on the menu. We showed up late to the show. They're calling my number as we're pulling up. I'm trying to get my grandmother and my mom tickets paid for. And I hear 23, 23. And I look at my coach and he's like, get the fuck out there. <laughs> Pardon my language. Um, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's, so, it's a podcast. You're fine. So we had shown up late. So I never got to have the damn blueberry muffin. So I was really stoked for the blueberry muffin. That's because it wasn't vegan. The muffin was, it was never meant to happen. Trying to get you. Never meant to happen. So yeah. So you want to eat, in essence, multiple forms of carbohydrates, um, mainly though pre-pump up as simple of a sugar as possible. Yeah. So most people do chocolate, candy, pixie sticks is a big thing backstage, yeah. just because it's like easy to gauge. Like you watch yourself literally fill out as you like dab it on your tongue. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, I did Sour Patch Kids. Oh. He got to sneak me a handful of Sour Patch Kids as I was, like, putting on my posing trunks. <laughs> so that, that was my jam in high school. I'd take some Sour Patch Kids. I'd sneak them into the movie theater and suck on those things. Yeah. So you literally watch yourself, though, when you're so glycogen depleted. Your muscles are what we call flat. Um, like when you wake up in the morning versus when you what your muscles look like when you're, you know, mid-pump at the gym, for people right. who don't know what that means. Like, you know, girls get the booty pump at the gym, better get that booty pick because that's when that thing is looking as round as it's right, going to look. Right, Guys with that, the biceps, same thing. Wait, I get my booty pump. I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> you the Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> that's right. So, um, so yeah, didn't <clears throat> didn't really – so that would be the, the dirty the dirty glyco fueling would yep. be pancakes, sugars, candies. Clean would be doing, you know, like in essence your normal meal. So like a rice or a potato – 
um, something that's much lower glycemic index. Okay. Now, how many? What would your macros look like, and throughout the day, or you know, when you're getting ready for your contest for the so the six weeks? weeks? Yeah. Um, That was the thing. So when we when we first the first meal plan that was designed was your prototypical bodybuilder, you know, macro macro plan. It it was high protein, moderate carb, low fat, which (laughs) meant vegan protein shake, egg whites. Since I agreed to be an ovo vegan for this. Followed by protein shake, followed by egg whites, and then your normal carb sources. And that's where my coach and I got into it. And I was like, listen, now, like, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully he <laughs> doesn't get too upset with me for saying this. But my reasons for doing the show were never for initially to place or to win. Right. So. Well, you can say it now because you place. So this is true. Yeah, you, you I did. You. So I, I, <clears throat> I, you know, I never set out on this venture to win. I know I, I'm continuing the venture, and it's not to become a pro, but it's because I have the opportunity to do so, right. um, being a national qualifier. So the, you know, since the reasoning behind it was never to go into, but you know, look as my as best as I could. Because right. let's be honest, if I wanted to look the best I could, I would not be doing this vegan. Right. Um, so I was like, no, I want to show that I can do this with a sustainable meal plan that is real food that I'm eating and I'm chewing and that could be turned into a, you know, a sustainable diet right. for myself after this. So for you, aesthetically, and correct yeah. me, correct me if I'm wrong, aesthetically, if you wanted to look as best as you could, you would have meat because then you can control your macros better, correct? Correct. Since there is no such thing as a lean protein source for a vegan. Sure. Meaning that every protein source is either paired with a carbohydrate or a fat. Right. It is is much more difficult to control your macros to to the way that a a meat eater or an omnivore, right. you know, someone who has a full the full menu right. can. So yes, you're at a disadvantage there. Okay. I um, mean, you know, especially being as I did it six weeks out. If yeah. I did this, you know. 40 weeks out or 20 weeks out dialed in a little more then i could gain much more control over my metabolism and i could you know prep much you know easier and less drastically if i had more time you know being as the more time the easier it is to control um so yeah since i didn't have a full menu and because we had such a little time it was like how are we going to make this work so we butt heads a little bit and then um i really just started sitting Sitting down, looking through the fridge, looking at the things that I have in my fridge that, like, I've been eating as an intermittent fasting vegan. Mm-hmm. And I had had uh, the Beyond Meat burgers, and I'm looking at them. Now, they're not lean at all. They're equal parts fat, equal parts carbohydrate. Yeah. So I'm like, well, what if we do a different route, not moderate to high carb, lower carb, higher protein, higher fat, which is not your typical bodybuilder diet they usually want to keep the carbs for the glycogen for the pump for the lift to grow as well which i still ended up doing my body weight stayed exactly the same the entire prep i didn't so meaning i lost body fat and gained muscle mass still so as far as you for training was there any difference between you training as a vegan versus a meat eater more so like training like me and a bodybuilder. Yeah. <laughs> um, the training was exactly the same. My training, my my posing and lifting coach, he did almost every workout with me, and that guy eats like a trough of fucking so, chicken. So, so that, yeah, that professional bodybuilders might be like, yeah. uh, man, you're not eating meat, so we need to lift with pink bands and yeah. all day, right? No, that's just me. That's just <laughs> you. You like bands. You like bands, though. Yeah. All right, cool. Now, now you, you said something interesting uh, when we were 
having lunch earlier, and what was that place? Eva's? Eva's? Eva's. It, it's cra- this place is crazy. It's like a bodybuilding mecca. Yeah. In, in, it's in like, Manhattan. It, it's yeah. I mean, it is a bodybuilding mecca. That's a, like if you ask any like old school New Yorker like what Eva's is, and it's yeah. like where all the meatheads eat. And it, sta- it stands for what is, what is it? Something. Well, it, it's uh, what is it? Something. Athleticism. There is, I think it's endurance, vitality, athleticism. Yeah, it's interesting. But it's family owned. It's there's a supplement shop in the back. If they don't cook with oils, they don't cook with fats. Yeah, mom and pop shop. It's crazy. So we just had to give a shout out to them. I had a uh, oh, that's family. I I had a vegan cookie that was delicious. Vegan protein cookie. Now, when we were we were talking, when we were eating, you you were saying something interesting that your life was kind of getting term you use out of sorts a little bit so you signed up for a bodybuilding competition so you could regain control of your life yeah yes which is uh, i will give a shout out to my my friend carmen she went away on vacation and came back as i was in the prep and she was not very happy with me and she said your life is on the verge already of fracturing yeah we'll and we'll dive into as to why and you decide to do something that is the, known as one of the most emotionally, physically taxing things you can put yourself through. Yeah. What is wrong with you? She was like, are you like masochist yeah. sadist? Which one, like, right. what is it? And truly like back, you know, the reason I, I did the show, um, was to regain control of my life being as, as a personal trainer working to the capacity that I do most days, my schedule is complete slave to my clientele. Right. Um, I have a really hard time, ever considering what I do a detriment to myself since I I absolutely love what I do every day, every single day. I I could not be more blessed to do what I do. And I also just have this work ethic that is, is, you know, I don't know if it's something to be proud of some days or if it's something to be ashamed of because I don't know if it's like sometimes it's a pride or a fear thing an insecurity thing. Like I just feel like I have to do more. I feel like I have to work more. And I'll average around like 10 sessions a day at performance house. And uh, it makes me a bit of a hypocrite with my clients um, being just for the fact that like, you know, we, I told you earlier, I try to tell my clients to create as many small wins for themselves any day, every right. day, you know, three things before you leave in the morning, three things before bed. I haven't had a nightly or a morning routine. And this is me being fully candid, like ever in my entire life. So did you feel a little bit like a hypocrite when you were training your clients? Absolutely. Um, especially since like, my like the way in which I train like I, tr- I program off of like mindset and like how people feel and how they're doing like their self-efficacy and their confidence every day you know and more so that than like anything else yeah um you know like I'm not going to teach you know teach a new movement pattern on a day that like somebody's coming in from work after that like, I've checked in with them they're like I'm having a shitty day I got shit on at work like that's not a day that we teach something new that's a day that we like knock it out of the park and we do something that they love right. you know ultimately like the brain leads the body follows so if the brain's not happy it doesn't fucking matter what right. you do in the gym um um, so, <clears throat> so yeah, so I had no morning routine, no nightly routine, working like a madman, intermittent fasting on accident <laughs> because I just don't have the time to go find food. Right. Um, so preaching and not practicing and ultimately happy with my life and, fi- and comfortable in many areas, which is very hard to find when you are a personal trainer yeah. in Manhattan. And, um, just really struggling as, as to finding the root of why I was not happy. Um, I was going to get my chakra aligned. I was like looking at all these different things with, you know, like checking my energies and like the people that I'm around, but I love all the people I'm around. So I'm like, just like really searching as to find, find a way to fix it. And, um, 
structure is just something that I like, I crave as an adult. Um, I had none as a child, like yeah. legitimately none. So now as an adult, it just serves me. It brings me happiness. And even though that <clears throat> the bodybuilding show I had done, <clears throat> excuse me, the bodybuilding show I had done four or five years ago, um, I did it as wrong as possible. Yeah. Um, but it, the structure of eating at a certain time and having a certain amount of meals per day and working out at a certain time, you know, which some people might call, you know, like OCD almost, that it brought me happiness. Right. And ultimately having purpose and intention behind your day, I think, brings people more happiness than they can ever know. So that's, that's is that advice that you give somebody to, to find your purpose? Absolutely. And I'm lucky enough that, like, I've, I have, like, my purpose is in my work every day. Most yeah. people don't do what they love for a living. I do. So I have purpose and intention through, through, my, through my work, which shows that even that, you know, once you achieve that, even that might not be enough. So you do need to find something outside of work that you love and yeah. that fuels a different purpose. And I have been talking crap on bodybuilding for the last five years. Like, if you look at my, like, Instagram posts, or really, like, anytime we talk about it, I, I destroy it because of what it does to people's psyches and what it does to their metabolisms and because people don't know how to reverse diet and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and, but I, I think back to the show and my first show and how happy I was with the structure. You know, I was miserable on show day then because I was about to like fall asleep. I was so messed up, yeah. you know? So I was like, you know, I'm going to do this again, but I'm going to do it the right way. I'm going right. to do it in a different way with a different mindset. And, you know, with a coach who really knows what he's talking about and I'm going to do my due diligence and make sure that everything I'm doing, you know, is is going to make sure that I'm still optimally performing. I could still work as much. I don't have to, like, be – like, I remember being in college when I did my first show, like, not being able to go to class, like, just, like, barely being able to, like, walk around. You know, a third of the calories that you burn in the day goes to solely just your electrical, you know, synapse. Like, if you don't have those calories, if you're starving, like, you can't think. Yeah. So since we did this high-fat, high-protein and my calor my calories were good like i was my deficit wasn't so great that i was struggling and i honestly think too because the being plant-based and my body has was turning the food into energy so quickly so that increase in metabolism as opposed to like when i was eating meat um was helping me lean out so fast right. that my coach like the first three weeks we didn't change the portions like and i was like i have two coaches and I was like, is this okay? Is this good? I was like, like, is he just like lazy? <laughs> and he was like, no, like it just shows how well your body's responding right. and that your metabolism is still speeding up that like these macros like these numbers are so spot on that you're like, you're putting on muscle and leaning out at the same time. So if you like, if your coach, you know, tells you during check-ins that your diet's staying exactly the same for your, you have a six week prep in the first three weeks, the diet stays exactly the same. Yeah. Like that just showed me my body was responding so well. So we didn't have to cut carbs. We didn't have to cut calories. I stayed exactly the same. The only thing we did was add it was add a bout of cardio, yeah. thirty minutes. That was it. What what were those calories at the first few weeks? <clears throat> so I was around. Remember, I was going from intermittent fasting, so right. I was probably only taking in like fifteen hundred calories a day okay. when I was doing that, like maximum. Yeah. Like when I say maximum, it was like two of those vegan protein cookies and that lazy hustler burrito, yeah. and like. I did end up getting a <clears throat> partner with a, a brand called Plantable. They're a meal prep company out in Brooklyn, all plant-based. <clears throat> Choking up on you here. You know, I, I do that to people. And I'm just so emotional. Um, so they um, I did, uh, 
like a little partnership with them, and they made the the plant the, the conversion to plant based really easy. Yeah. I think the average one of their meals is anywhere from like 400 500 calories. So I'd crush one of those at dinner, maybe a protein cookie, and maybe that lazy hustler burrito earlier in the day right. if I was lucky. So I was I was eating very little calories. Um, so basically, going into this prep, like it was like a reverse diet in and of itself. So I was at like 2,400 calories, I think, is where we like landed. Yeah. Like um, 120 grams of protein was coming from the Beyond Meat, which means like a lot of fat as well. Yeah. And then the carb sources, I mean, for me, were considerably high from what I've known from bodybuilding. Obviously, like you know, you can reverse diet to the point where you can be eating like a thousand, you know, grams of carbs a day and not spill. So reverse dieting. Uh, explain that if if uh, if I've got my well, my son's not five; he's a year and a half or so. Yeah. How would you explain that to a child? What is reverse dieting? Reverse dieting. So, I guess in essence, you have to have an event, you know, to like really, <laughs> to really like break it down because you know you're you're starting with one number to get to mm-hmm. some place and then reverse back from it. So. You know, counting down from 10 to 1 and then counting back up from 1 to 10. Okay, so it, it, it's anywhere from a from a decline in calories to going to up then, like 10% higher a week or something like that, right? Yeah. So essentially you're, you're make, becoming metabolically flexible, Correct. they say. So uh, if anybody's ever heard where you're so low and so calories and your metabolism's dropped down, this is essentially trying to counteract that a little bit. Right, All since right. you've been like – as you cut carbs, you become more insulin sensitive. Sure. So if you you know you become so insulin sensitive, like you are the day of the show, it, once you start throwing, if you go right back to a normal diet of say we can use like weeks, if I took my week six through four macros, mm-hmm. you know carb let's just use carb just that that carb those carb portions, if I started eating those immediately, you know the first week after the show, I will gain body fat my insulin sensitivity is going to be down or sorry, it's going to be up. Insulin sensitivity will be up my, so my ability to break down carbohydrates won't be as efficient. Right. Um, which was, you know, means I'm much more likely to store them as body fat. I'm going to turn them, my body will turn them into sugars and it won't just go to as glycogen and they will become body fat. So you have to slowly start adding energy sources, carbs and fats back to your diet after the show. So your metabolism can slowly, you know, heat back up again in order to handle more. Makes so sense. you basically, like why, the reason I use like 10 through one, so like once you get down to day zero, that next week following the show, you're back at like your, you know, basically the week of your show's macros. Okay. So that, you know, you're not going to just fluff up and start gaining weight, which after I did my first show, I gained 24 pounds in like six weeks. Yeah, I went to the Bellagio buffet and I put on like 13 pounds <laughs> and I just kept going back and back. I had these wal- walnut pancakes and I took the biggest dump of my life afterwards. <laughs> and I, I, I felt horrible. Yeah. But I've been like, I paid $50 for this buffet, man. Gonna make so, it count. So I, uh, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Right, now let's talk about, uh, we got a few minutes left here. Now, easy wins. What are your easy wins and what are some wins that people can do? Um, then that's, yeah, easy. I don't, I maybe not easy. Cause like for some of us, there's some of the hardest things to do. Okay, um, let's, let's go what wins. Yeah. Wins. Just like small, I usually say small victories, okay. small victories because they're not things that like, you know, you didn't hit the lottery, you didn't, you know, get the promotion, but right. 
they're just like hitting the lottery and, and getting a promotion. Those are things that are out of your control. So what I like to tell my clients to do is before they leave their home in the morning to create victories for themselves that they, that they are in control of, you know, reason being, you know, you want to leave your home feeling as self-advocate, you know, as independent, as, as confident as possible so that when you do get to work and, you know, your, your confidence and your success is truly not really in your hands. You know, you just have to do what you got to do every day to like get by and pay the bills. You know, if you, and if you don't do that to your best of your ability at work, like sometimes it's not a day where you can just hit home runs at work. Sometimes you don't have that big presentation you have to give or that, you know, big speech, whatever it may be. So sometimes days are just, you know, mediocre. And when, when you, when you get to the office, so the, the, the small victories, literally making your bed. One thing I, I, first thing I tell people to do, drink four glasses of water, you know, get as much hydration as you can, because you know, you're not going to be sitting there at work, plugging down water. Like, so get that in as well you can. Then I try to add something <clears throat> that's like a little bit more, um, maybe not intellectual, but, uh, like sincere, right. like three affirmations about yourself, write them down, put them in your pocket. Um, challenge yourself, send a text message to somebody, you know, your fam- someone in your family, a friend that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Yeah. Um, so really try to fill your buckets before you go. Like, okay. you know, you're building that self-efficacy. You're feeling good about yourself. You're going to leave your house, apartment, whatever it may be, just feeling a little bit more positive and that you have control over the, th- you, you know, that you have control over your day, at least the things that you know you can. And if you can create success in the beginning of your day, in the end of your day, and again, like, you know, keeping in mind that these are the only moments that most of us have an opportunity, you know, to slam dunk it or hit a home run, even though they're the small little things. When you wake up, when you end every day and wake up every day feeling that way, right. you know, you, you're just overall well-being is just going to increase. And you're, you know, knowing the fact that, like, you are the only person that you can count on and that you've created these tiny little moments you're just yeah. going to feel better about yourself and you're going to feel like you can tackle more and handle more and you know those three wins turns into five wins those five wins turns into a you know a morning routine that you right. won't break and just you know it just you know we want to look into it survey data whatever you want to say like right. it just shows that people the most successful people in the world um have routine and they have things that they count on that it might be silly you know yeah. every day just to build that efficacy for themselves. So you're gonna, you're gonna bookend your day, and eventually, hopefully, you fill in the middle. Yes, I, I, I like that idea. The, the the quick, easy victories, if you will. Sometimes they're not easy. You know, not at all. life's life is not easy. But they, I, you know, I think getting up and realizing that, and taking a moment to yourself, and whether that's yeah, that I, I like the um, post a note to yourself, or maybe your loved one, or just leave a post like, "Hey, love you," thinking about you. I think that's great. Now. One of my last questions, if somebody wanted to get into being more plant-based, if you will, um, what, what would your advice be for them? Don't do what I did. <laughs> Don't go full-fledged into it. Um, you know, everybody loves to use like the 80-20 rule, but then they also never say, is it like 80-20 a day or is it sure. 80-20 a week? Sure. You know, am I eating, uh, you know, uh, animal protein once a day? Um, what I've been advising is to really think about the meals in which that you truly enjoy, mm-hmm. that you know that you will crave. Cause as soon as we deprive ourselves of something, we immediately start to want for it. Right. So think of those things, you know, before you do make the switch, you know, if you're someone 
like myself who usually can't go a Sunday without destroying about 50 Buffalo wings, mm-hmm. go Eagles. Um, <laughs> I, you know, that, that's something that you want to keep in mind right. because you are going to have a tougher time breaking down these, these proteins if you don't keep them present in your digestive system to some degree. So I'd tell people to really think about the meals that they're going to crave in like a day or a week or two, whatever, and keep that source of protein within your diet. You know, wh- however, however often as you like, right. to be honest. I tell people that because, you know, you also don't want to be, like, stuck in a pickle where, like, there's nothing for you to eat and you are now, like, me, where it's, like, you eat a piece of pizza that had a literally, like, a dime piece of prosciutto on it and I felt the thing travel through my entire digestive tract. Like, it was a solid marble. Yeah. That wasn't fun. So, like, you want to be able to still digest animal proteins, you know, for the fact that you might crave something and you don't want to get sick if you do indulge in that meal. Sure. Or solely for the fact that if you're just in a bind, you're traveling, you don't have access to a meal and you, you know, end up having to eat animal protein and you don't want to face the repercussions of being in the bathroom for the rest of the day. Okay. So, find out you know, do some some due diligence on your own indulgences and find out what meal you can't live without, you know, or, you know, what couple of things that you truly love that are animal-based and keep them present in your diet and slowly switch over and feel the benefits. Good tips. Gay, where can people find you, man? Oh, Eva's. <laughs> Eva's. <laughs> uh, performance House, pretty much, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Okay. Uh, Instagram. At Gabe underscore Snow, um, yeah, that's that's me. And uh, I'm 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 gonna do a plug uh, plug here. He also does some work with FitOps, uh, which Performance House backs a good organization. Check them out. Now, plant based, ovo vegan, <laughs> bodybuilding, fad or future, my man. Oh man, for the future of what? Well, well, I mean, it's the name of the show. What, oh, what do you think? Future, future, future. Absolutely. Okay. Nobody, nobody said that the that they're fad. Interesting. No. All right. Believe, believe it's the future. All right. That was uh, that was not John Snow. That was Gabe Snow. And I, I worked out with him, and we did some snowmosis. I tried getting in shape by vegan gains. By by vegan gains. We we uh, we did the plant head workout. I'm Joey Thurman. Uh, thank you for joining this episode of Fatter Future Podcast. And remember, don't be a fatty. Take care. Thank you. All right, now we know what an ovo vegan is. Thanks for coming on, Gabe. Yeah, your arms are bigger than mine. I'm not salty about it, brother. Next week on the Fatter Future Podcast, we have Michelle Pramaleko. Pramaleko, Pramaleko. I love saying that name. She's the author of the Sugar-Free 3. How do you go sugar-free? It's going to be tough, right? Well, she wrote the book to step it out for you. Step by step. Lots of digestible information. Pun intended on that one. Next week, Michelle Promalego on the Fatter Future Podcast. Don't be a fatty. Fatterfuture.com. Fatter Future Podcast on Instagram. At Joey Thurman Fit. For all your social media trolling needs. Check me out on joeytherman.com. Take care. I will speak at you next week.